Hello there, and welcome into another episode of Finding Time. Today we're covering Obi-Wan Kenobi, part three. You know, there's nothing really big I can really think of that happened in this episode, so maybe we'll just cut this short. Obviously kidding. So, should we just jump right in to the programming reminders at the end? So, Obi-Wan versus Vader in part three? I didn't see it coming. I don't know if any of you saw it coming. I didn't see it coming quite yet. This is a reason, in case anybody out there uh, was unfortunately spoiled by being out on the internet, this is a reason you don't go on Twitter, you don't go on Reddit, you don't go, you don't go places that you can be spoiled about Star Wars shows, Marvel shows, any of these shows, before you've seen the episode. Because right after I watch this, in the middle of the day on Wednesday, I check out Twitter, it's all over the place. And sure, they can write Obi-Wan Kenobi spoilers on top, but guess what? It's still right below. So, I, I'm sorry for anybody that had that happen. I had that happen with The Mandalorian, spoilers for that really quick, when Luke Skywalker shows up at the end of Season 2. I knew it was going to happen because I accidentally read a Reddit post. That taught me my lesson. I'm sure this taught a lot of people a lesson. Anyways, so... I'm curious what people are thinking about this fight. It was really cool and uh, emotional, and there was awesome beats in it. It wasn't much of a fight. Um, oh, let me talk about what was great about it first. So, obviously, they they made Vader menacing. They made him evil. They made him what he never quite was in the uh, what do you call it? in the original trilogy. He's. This is what he is in like the comics and the video games and things. He's just a terror. You know, he's walking through the streets before him and Obi Wan have their confrontation, and he's snapping kids' necks and force choking men for no seeming re- seemingly no reason, uh, dragging this woman across the desert sands behind him, all seemingly just to drag Obi Wan out. This is another scenario where Obi-Wan really didn't step in to save anybody. He he was more running away. He went, oh, you know, in episode one, when Owen's being threatened and the Inquisitor cuts off the woman's hand, Obi-Wan doesn't step in. And even now, when it's obvious that they know he's there and they know he exists and they know he's around, he still doesn't step in. He He runs from Vader. Now, it's kind of... I don't know if insinuated or flat out said that he's going to go kind of be a distraction. Which I guess he is, but he doesn't know Vader's going to follow him. Or maybe, I don't know. I guess that's left up to interpretation. I would have... I don't know. I have a hard time complaining about this. I said I'm getting to the parts that I loved. and And I loved this. I guess I'm, like always, I'm talking through this with you all in real time here, as I really haven't got a chance to discuss this with anybody since watching the episode a couple times the other day. This is just part of Obi-Wan's character arc here. So this time he's running. He's trying to escape. If he had it his way, he would have no confrontation with Anakin Vader here. And I'm sure in a future episode we'll have another fight. I'm hoping we're going to have another fight. Maybe in the finale or something. Where 
Obi-Wan stands up to him and really brings weight to the line in A New Hope of when Vader says, when I left you, I was but the learner, now I'm the master. Because in this scenario, it looks like he is already the master and Obi-Wan is the, you know, the learner or the lesser than. So I think, I think he'll come back from this and this is, you know, another part of the character arc. And I love that this show is getting so deep and it's not spelling everything out for us and I can talk through this and have revelations. This is the type of Star Wars that I love. This is what Book of Boba Fett wasn't, minus a couple Mandalorian episodes they snuck in there. I'm really enjoying this. So let's get let's get into more of the fight. So a couple times they ignite their sabers. Obi Wan takes off, and then in a quite a jump scare moment, Obi Wan lights his saber as he can obviously feel Vader around him, and Vader's right behind him. He blocks a blow from Vader. And uh, then he's really just on his heels, just playing defense. Uh, I don't think there was a single offensive swing made by Obi-Wan. He's just fighting for survival. Uh, they come upon this, I don't, I don't really gather what it was, but some sort of fuel something. Uh, Gator, Vader, Gator. Vader scatters across the ground, lights on fire with his lightsaber. And then in, in the shocking, like, make you gasp, slack jaw moment, of the episode, he starts dragging Obi-Wan through the fire. He says he wants to make him feel the pain that Obi-Wan made him feel on Mustafar when he was burning in the lava. And wow, uh, there's a powerful, powerful image that I never quite thought I'd see. Uh, I'll get into, you know, the little bit of negative about, about this part of the scene with what happens next. But wow, I can tell you, I never thought I'd see anything like this between the two of them. I thought there'd be a lightsaber duel. Someone would escape, something would happen, but that Vader would get such the upper hand on Obi-Wan and be ready to burn him to death, just like he nearly did on Mustafar. That's crazy and something I never thought I would see. So awesome, amazing, can't believe it happened moment. So I've talked about the positives of the fight and the Vader confrontation. Let's get to, uh, I mean, there's slight negatives, but there's negatives. Uh, so the stormtroopers run in. Um, I forget her name, but the the imperial officer who's part of the who's a rebel who's helping Obi Wan comes comes back from the tunnel where she's at with Leia to help Obi Wan, knowing that he's gonna have trouble. Apparently, I don't know. I don't know how she knows that, but maybe she just kind of gathered from Obi Wan's obvious fear in the moment when they saw Vader. So she goes back to help Obi-Wan and lights, relights the fuel that has been put out that Kenobi was burning in, at which point uh, they just stop pursuing Obi-Wan and they apparently get him out to a distance away that it's no longer concerned that they're near Vader and the stormtroopers and the Inquisitors. I just didn't really understand the logistics of his escape and rescue. I know the loader bot was there, so, you know, it's implied that the, not implied, it might have even showed, picks up Obi-Wan and goes, but how far could they get realistically um, before they're able to come in pursuit? What, what could save this for me is it, it can be 
it, it, I don't know, implied is not the word. It can be inferred that Vader is just kind of toying with Obi-Wan at this point. He knows there's going to be another confrontation. He wants another confrontation. He wants to be the one that takes out Obi-Wan, that makes him suffer the way that he suffered back on Mustafar 10 years ago. So assuming that he's just toying with him here, that kind of saves this for me because Vader really does quickly just turn around and walk away. Like, all right, see you next time almost. So once again, kind of saving this for myself again while I'm talking this out with you. So, uh, I, I mean, there's a ton more to say and there's a ton more that we will say. Um, I'll, you know, why not? Here. So I'm probably going to start doing the Obi-Wan pods with Tim, who we did the, who I did the Moon Knight Season 1 recap with, where we kind of went through and deep, did a deep dive on the whole season. If you haven't listened to that, go ahead. It's kind of evergreen. Season 1 is over. It will always be over. So go check it out. Anyways, I think we're going to start doing a Wednesday evening full kind of bigger recap than just this talk. So I guarantee you we will talk about this again. Don't you worry. So anyways, back to the episode. Sorry, I'm coughing. I'm probably not editing that out. It, it's happened. This is real. This is me and you in my car. I cough. So, this whole episode is Obi-Wan and Leia going to the planet that they were sent to at the end of the last episode to help find some help, to help escape and get to safety and everything. And they come across this mole man was apparently played by Zach Braff, which is funny, from Scrubs, if you ever watch Scrubs. So, you know, chaos ensues, a uh, surprisingly brutal battle is after they get discovered, a stormtrooper gets sliced in half, which was unnecessary, but awesome. You know, always cool to see a little, I don't know about realistic, because he's cut in half by a laser, but a little more brutality in Star Wars without it being gory. Just kind of more, like they don't, these people are fighting with lasers, and you know, laser bolts and laser swords and all these things and you would think more people would kind of get sliced up so when it happens like you think it would it's kind of nice to see in a way so cool moment i could go deeper into that but you know there's not much more to say there's a good moment while they're undercover and they're getting a ride from the mole man i know he had a name but i'm calling him mole man there's a nice moment where after obi-wan and leia kind of make up a story about where they're from and what they're doing for some stormtroopers that end up in the back of the mole man's truck with them. Obi-Wan, during this uh, little story they make up, mentions uh, Leia's mother, Laura's mother, I believe was what they called her, in the fake story. And Leia, Leia picks up on that, you know, you really did know my mother, didn't you? Obi-Wan kind of acknowledges yes. And the big part is she asks, are you my real father? Which, wow, I didn't see that coming. Um, I just love the scenes between Obi-Wan and Leia. It's, uh, not to get negative again here, it's kind of odd that in A New Hope, it seems that Leia doesn't really know Obi-Wan at all. You know, I guess you can say she's young, but she's 10. You remember stuff from when you were 10, especially something as crazy and wild as this whole situation for her. So I wish... I wish we could go back and, you know, add some more context to the relationship in A New Hope, but you can't. It just is what it is. Uh, maybe there'll be some explanation why she doesn't remember more. A bonk on the head or something. Who knows? But 
you know, despite that, this scene was great and really touching. And how Obi-Wan says, you know, he, he does remember her mother. He remembers her fondly. It's not the first... It's like... Depending on who you thought he was comparing her to in episode two, like the second time that he's talked about how much she reminds him of her mother. And it's just nice to see Padme being brought up once in a while and remembered fondly for all the things that she did. And, you know, for all the faults of the prequels and for all the faults of even uh, Natalie Portman in that role. You know, Padme is a beloved character and it's just nice to see her mentioned in such a nice light. There's more to get into with this episode, but uh, as we leave things, the third sister um, somehow finds the end of the tunnel where the pilot's waiting for Leia at the Obi-Wan and the other woman whose, once again, name I forget, as I usually do, um, are off dealing with Vader. Leia is running through the tunnel, the third sister has killed the pilot, and she's seemingly kidnapped by the third sister, and that's where we leave Leia. And it, well, I mean, I think we're going on the search for Leia. A lot, I mean, very similar to how Mandalorian Season 2 ended. It's probably kind of somewhere where we're going here. An infiltration of a ship of some sort. I can't wait to see it. And I can't wait to talk more about Obi-Wan. But I am out of time, as I always am. It's time for dinner, again, as always. So, we will see you all later, or we'll see you on another time. We'll be back for more Obi-Wan later. Bye.